believers it's so good to be with you today I'm looking forward to sharing with you what God has put upon my heart I remember when I was working for a Bible school in America that my wife and I we'd only been married three or four months and we were asked to take a group of students to Florida to minister and uh, in the natural my wife was terrified but uh, I told her it's gonna be okay it's probably not gonna be what we expected but on the way, the Lord spoke to me and said, I, I want to teach you how team operates. And as I've looked at it and I've contemplated it now, as I think back, really, he was telling me how church should operate. And I remember that when we got to this church, I, we didn't realize this church had gone through a split and uh, there had been division and there had been a lot of hurt. But I told the students, I said, look, if God speaks to you, Whatever he tells you to do, just go and do it. So if you're on the stage, you're part of the singing te team, and God speaks to you, just go off the stage, speak to that person. And you know what? We saw some incredible things, emotional healings, spiritual healings, where God's presence was so strong that cars driving along the freeway stopped. People got out of their cars, they climbed over the barriers, and came to the church about a block away, walked in the doors, walked right down the aisle, gave their lives to Jesus. And when we inquired, why did you do this? They just said, we just felt compelled by God that we needed to come here to this church and repent. And I'm convinced it was a direct result of we, myself and the students, just functioning in a prophetic mandate and prophetic role. I want to share with you today out of 1 Corinthians 14, quite a number of scriptures, verse 1 through 25. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like each one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as the pipe or a harp, how will anyone know what tune it is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? 
so it is with you. Unless you speak intelligent words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you're saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you're praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say, Amen to your thanksgiving, since they do not know what you are saying? You're giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. In the law it is written, with other tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to this people, but even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Tongues, then, are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or, un inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everybody is prophesying. They're convicted of their sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of, all their, of their hearts are laid bare so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Father, I pray, <clears throat> I pray today that you will take these words, that you will give us wisdom and understanding I pray that your anointing will rest upon me, that you will break mindsets and barriers of restriction, that you'll give us a broader understanding of the prophetic so that we can be your prophetic church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In this portion of scripture, it gives us several answers about ministry in the church. With the answers provided, we must then ask, what are the questions that we must look at? We will look at how we are to minister the prophetic. Why do we need the prophetic? What takes place when the prophetic is ministered? Who can do this? What is the outcome of prophetic ministry? My definition of the prophetic is quite simplistic. It's hearing God and repeating what God says or shows you. It's important for us to understand that Jesus lived in the revelatory realm or in a prophetic way. He, seeing and hearing what God was saying. 
In John 5, verse 19 and 20, it says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. And in John 12, verse 49 and 50, it speaks about Jesus hearing. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. It's important for us, if we're God's children, that we're listening to what God is saying and our eyes are open to a spiritual dimension to see what God is wanting to show us. So Jesus operated in a prophetic, prophetic ministry. Jesus raises the dead in Luke 7. And when you read that story, it's about a lady who lost her only son. And Jesus saw the funeral procession and he was moved with compassion when he discovered that it was the lady's only boy says he went up and he spoke to the boy and raised him to life. And in verse 16 of chapter 7 of Luke, it says, A great prophet has appeared before us. God has come to help his people. And it's important that we understand that the prophetic has been given to assist and to help God's people. The second thing Jesus did under the auspices of the prophetic is Jesus heals a blind man from birth. And in John, the ninth chapter, this man was begging and Jesus healed him. He was the first man that had ever been healed who had been blind from birth. And in John 9, verse 17, the Pharisees asked this blind man who had been healed, who has done this? And he said it was Jesus of Nazareth. He is a prophet. The third thing Jesus did is in John 4, when he speaks to the Samaritan woman and asks her for a drink, and she speaks to him and says, you Jews don't have anything to do with Samaritans. And Jesus proceeded to speak to her, and he told her about his, her past, told her about her present, and he told her about the future. And in verse 19, she declared, I can see you are a prophet. It's important that we begin to realize the prophetic embraces far more than just somebody coming to the front, taking a microphone, and uttering a prophetic word. What was the result of that prophetic ministry with that woman at the well? It says, she ran back and told the people of her town, come hear a man that has told me all about my life. And it says the people of the town came out. And after two days of ministry, they said, we no longer believe because of your testimony, but we believe that Jesus is the Messiah. You see, what had happened? Her testimony caused her village to turn and respond to Jesus Christ. And that's the result of the prophetic. Evangelism takes place. In Acts 2, verse 22, it says, Fellow Israelites, 
Listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, by wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourself know. So how does this work in the church? How are we to minister in the prophetic? It's imperative according to 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1 and 2. It says that the prophetic, if we minister without love, we're like a clanging gong and a sounding cymbal of no value whatsoever. And in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says, proceed in the manner of love and pursue the gifts of the Spirit, especially to prophesy. Why do we need the prophetic? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3 tells us, it tells us that the prophetic has been given to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort. Remember that story of Jesus raising the dead boy? It says, God has come here to help us by sending Jesus as he operated in the role of the prophetic. And you see, when we're prophetic, we help others around us. We encourage them, we strengthen them, and we bring comfort. I remember ministering in Manassas, Virginia, and a group of people came forward for ministry. And I remember standing in front of this teenage girl. She was probably 16 or 17. And I said, Lord, do you have something for this girl? And she looked quite distraught. And as I spoke to her, all the Lord brought to me was to say, tell her you're my little lamb. And as I told her that, she burst into tears. I waited a minute and let her get her composure. And as she got her composure, I said to her, what is it about my little lamb that so touched you? And she said, I have felt estranged from God. I haven't wanted to read, I haven't wanted to pray, and I felt God had abandoned me. But she said, in times of my closeness with God and endearment to him, I always felt he called me his little lamb. And today I heard God say, you aren't far from me. You are right there. You are my little lamb. You see, it brought strength to her. It encouraged her and brought comfort. And that's how God wants to use us in the body of Christ to comfort one another. What takes place when the prophetic is ministered? In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 24 and 25, it tells us five different things that takes place. It says, but if an unbeliever or someone that does not understand comes in while everybody is prophesying, he will be convinced by all he is a sinner. He will be judged by all. The secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So, what takes place with the prophetic? The two things that are necessary for the prophetic are we need unbelievers and we need people who don't understand to be in the meeting. That's why it's imperative as God's children that we bring our friends and our loved ones so that God can minister through the prophetic and touch their hearts. Who can do this? 1 Corinthians 14 verse 31 says, you can all prophesy. All means everybody. It excludes no one. In other words, in the same way, if you work on a job, your employer can tell you what to do. You can hear God 
and he'll tell you what to do as well. What is again the outcome of prophetic ministry? It's evangelism. People will come to Christ. We will make an impact in our community. Whether we're at the grocery store, it's filled with unbelievers and people who don't understand. If we're at school, it's filled with students who don't understand and are unbelievers. Wherever we are, there are plenty of unbelievers around that God wants to use us. I remember when I began to implement these principles in ministry, I began, uh, usually when I would travel and minister, I would see maybe 10 or 15 people come to Christ in ministry. But as I implemented them in Mauritius, I began to see hundreds come to Christ and outstanding healings and miracles took place as a direct result of me believing how God wanted me to operate, that the prophetic embraced raising the dead. It embraced healings and miracles and signs and wonders. It embraced speaking of past, of present, and of future to people. And people responded and came to Christ. Churches were planted as a direct result of new believers coming to Christ. So in that illustration of 1 Corinthians 14, verse 24 and 25, what happens? It says again, the persons that come in, they're convinced by all he's a sinner. Not that we walk around and shake our fingers at them and say, you're a sinner. I know what you did last night. But no, because of the presence of God, because they see the manifestation of God, and because they see God at work, they recognize there's deficiencies in their life, and they don't have that realization and relationship as well. I remember uh, a lady came to a healing meeting that we were having, and I had a prophetic word for her. And I didn't know this lady. It was, I think, her first or her second time to visit our church. And as I ministered to her, uh, I told her that God was going to use her hands for healing. What I didn't know is that her best friend had died of cancer and she had prayed for her friend and laid hands on her and nothing had happened. And as a direct result, she'd been hurt in that situation and she'd pulled back and she wasn't praying for people. But God spoke to her heart and told her how he wanted to use her in the area of healing again. And the presence of God was so strong. Guess what? As a result, they ended up coming and remaining in this church as a direct result of that. Second thing happens, it says they're judged by all. Not that we tell them that they're bad, but guess what? In John 12, 48, it says, because of the word of God, the word of God judges them and they see that they fall short and they don't fulfill and meet the measurement of the glory of God. Also, the secrets of their heart are revealed. I remember one of those healing meetings, the Lord spoke to me and said, have all the visitors come forward. And about 20 people had come forward at that time, I had a prophetic team ministering with me, and I asked them to minister to those people. And after the meeting, I had uh, feedback from that prophetic team, and they said nothing was happening uh, until they began to prophesy over the people. And this one man said nothing took place with his son until 
uh, one of the prophetic people spoke to them about how they saw in the spirit this person with the guitar and how they loved to worship. And they said that young man's heart melted. And you know what I discovered? Almost 90% of those people ended up in our church as a direct result of the prophetic ministering to them. I remember ministering in Singapore. And as I was ministering at the conclusion of the meeting, five Buddhist priests came forward in their Buddhist regalia, their robes. And they said, would you pray for us? We would like, we hear what you say, but we would like to have an encounter with Jesus. So I said, won't you just join hands? As they joined hands, all I said was, Lord Jesus, they desire to have an encounter with you. Will you reveal yourself to them? All five of those Buddhist priests simultaneously fell over under the power of God. Nobody catching them, hitting the floor, and they were out under the power of God for over 45 minutes. And you know when they got up, every one of them was different. You see, God wants to move in our midst through us, his people. The fifth thing says they will declare God is in this place. You see, when you start telling somebody about their past, you reveal to them of the circumstances they're going through. And then God speaks to them about their future. They know that God is in the room and God is speaking to them. I've coined this phrase, because of the faithfulness of God in the past and because of the prophetic promises for the future, we can trust God in the present right now. In Hebrews, the second chapter, verse four, said, God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. I want to point out to you, that's almost the same scripture as Acts 2.22. But this was after the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the earth. This is after Jesus had ascended on high that God wants to use us. And God wants to testify through his actions of the miraculous of signs, wonders, and powers through his people as we will minister. In John 14, verse 12, he tells us, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. People, that's a prophetic promise that is yet to be fulfilled. God wants to use every single one of us. He wants us to believe his word when he says to us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. God's call to us is to be a prophetic church. God wants to use us. How does that operate though? And how does that work? Let's just imagine the church is full and there's one seat left and a visitor is brought in and they usher him in and he sits down right in front of you. 
And the person next to that person, as the man sits down, he's fine. And then all of a sudden, his right knee begins to hurt. And he begins to think, gee, I didn't have any ailments when I came to the meeting. But now, my right knee has begun to hurt. I wonder if, if God's trying to get my attention of this man next door. So he turns to the man and says, sir, pardon me, but are you struggling with pain in your right knee? And the guy turns and says, but how did you know? And then someone taps him on the shoulder and says, sir, since you've sat down, I've had this impression of this name. Does this name mean anything to you, Zoe? And he looks at the person and he says, well, that's my wife's name. How did you know? She's home ill. You see, that's how we can all prophesy. And it's not disruptive. It doesn't hinder what God is trying to do. And another one turns to him and says, Sir, I just keep having this impression that you're having difficulty at your job and your employer is abusive to you. What is the outcome? The man recognizes that he knows nobody knows him. He knows nobody knew he had a problem with his knee. He knows nobody knew his wife's name. He knows that nobody knew he was having difficulty with his employer. And he knows that God is in that place. And his heart is open to God to work and minister to him. That's God's desire for you and I. I want to pray over us this morning. Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes that we might see and our ears that we might hear so that each and every one of us might be a help to your people, that we might see your kingdom come and be a testimony of your goodness. Our desire, Lord, is that we want everyone to believe in Jesus and not perish, but have eternal life. So I pray, Father, our faith will rise and we will believe that it's our destiny to be a prophetic church. Father, I take authority over mindsets and I liberate your people. I break strongholds of passivity where your people have felt they're inadequate, they don't have enough information. And I pray, Father, just like our normal Father would speak to us, that you would speak to your people and our ears would be open to hear. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Lord bless you today. And may his grace be upon you. And may you dare to be prophetic. Amen and amen.